You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Utubia. Stephen Chicken here, alongside David Hartrick. We're both feeling much better, fighting fit, I think, aren't we, yeah, Dave? Yeah, yeah. We are actually going to go and have a fight in the car park after this, in the in the pouring rain, so we might film that, stick it on YouTube as a... Tops off. Yeah, exactly. Bit of a bonus extra for the fans. Yeah, no bats, blades or chains. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're coming into this podcast on the back of, of two town games. One, the Derby defeat to Leeds on Saturday followed by Tuesday night's 1-0 win over Charlton, last minute, Matty Daly, mm-hmm. nice to see. Dave, you watched obviously both games, how did you feel Town did in against Leeds first of all? Um, I think it's probably worth saying, and I'll probably talk for a little bit too long here, but the the first 45 minutes there, I think Town fans have to understand that that is as much as they are going to get out of this squad as it is this first team as it was that first 45 minutes they were progressive they were sharp in the tackle they were well organised they just lacked a bit of quality and at half time you know I said to a couple of of journalists there you know they've done pretty well there and we're all in agreement I spoke to Mel briefly and we were you know yeah they've done pretty well I spoke to Oggy washing our hands after we both had a wee and he said how much he'd enjoyed watching them you know said it's super nice detail there spoke to Matt Glennon briefly and he was like yeah you know that was that was good we know it's not enough to beat a Leeds United at the moment, but Huddersfield Town haven't got enough to beat a Leeds United at the moment. It was it was pretty good. The problem was that it's very difficult. I mean, Leeds have got two, maybe three players who are real difference makers in that yeah. side. Ben White, and I'm not just saying this as a, a Brighton fan, absolute class above. I mean, I don't think he gave the ball away in that game. Yeah. Uh, he just sniffs danger straight away. Um, he's always available for a pass. He's always an out boy. He's always on because he just knows where the space is instinctively. And that's what Town haven't got at the moment. They haven't got players like that. And the other thing that Leeds United have got is players who, you know, Alioski had probably a 6 out of 10 game, but then comes up with a 9 out of 10 goal. Yeah. Um, and that, that goal was pure Leeds, wasn't it? The second, yeah. the second goal uh, was was pure Leeds. Obviously, yeah. the first the first one was a was a smashing hit. Yeah. A, a few people had a go at, at Kachunga for seemingly ducking out of the way, but I think that looks a lot worse in slow motion than it is. Yeah, I, the problem is, I think with Kachunga there is he's stuck between two stalls because he he. The, I think there's a shout there, by the way, as well, because I think his first instinct is he hears the shout, so he's looking to see where he's supposed to go. And then he's committed, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he can't do anything about it. But, uh, you know, taking that on the volley line, that's a, that's a great yeah. goal. And that's, Town haven't got players who can do that at the moment. No. You know, Carl and Grant can do it if he gets on the ball in the right position. Bakuna can do it, one in ten maybe. Yeah. But that's what Leeds United have and what they are this season. And you have to respect that. But Town put together a, a really really good 45 minutes that I think everybody involved can be proud of and then when Leeds scored they couldn't react and Leeds are a really good side and if a really good side is 1-0 up your job becomes twice as hard yeah (laughs) Um, and I I I don't think they did anything wrong they just came up against the side who was better than them right now that's it if you you strip the, the the derby factor out of it I think you look at that result and you think, well, that's about the result you would expect against yeah. against a team like that. I mean, the the positive of obviously was that they were much better than they were against Bristol City the previous yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I mean we'll come on to some stuff about that goes back to the Bristol game later on, but it was it was a very much a sort of back to basics formation. It was yeah. essentially a four four two, 
Uh, it was a nightmare as an analyst because it was another <laughs> one of these Cowley teams where they were actually playing about three formations depending on the situation. Mel and I had a proper argument earlier about whether it was four-two-three-one or four-four-two. Yeah, <laughs> so. it, it, it's the Cowleys are good at really good at sort of setting up their team so that they're one formation in possession yeah. and one formation out in possession. And we've sat here and talked about this before that mm. when you. When I have to, before the games, I have to work the formations out of both sides from the personnel selected. And you do it with town and you work it out and you think, yeah, that's what it is. But that's not what it really is. But that's what it is. Yeah. It's just very, very difficult to categorise. And there was a lot of, you know, square pegs in round holes in that Leeds game and everybody put a shift in. I mean, I think that's. Stankovic's best game in the town shirt full yeah. stop Stankovic has uh, been brilliant recently yeah by I, and large I thought Kachunga ran his lungs out yeah you know and I, I, they, there were others that I thought emerged with real credit but you just it, it's not that there's no point analysing it but sometimes you just go well you just played a better team and that's yeah. what town did and you have to look at that first 45 minutes rather than the second 45 the second goal was a brilliant break yeah and I mean that was a Premier League cross from Harrison. Yeah, that incredible. is a, a proper. Yeah, that is top top class. Yeah, wing play really. And my only point of criticism would have been Bakuna for that goal. Just let a man go by him, and then just turn from a walk into a light jog trying to catch him. But he'd put in a massive shift, and I don't think he's fully match fit yet. And mm. I just don't think he had it in his legs. You know, I don't think it was perhaps where we were. 10, 15 games ago where players were doing that because let's be honest they just couldn't be bothered and they didn't feel the pressure mm. to do it So, or even three games ago against Bristol City let's be yeah, honest the, and the players that were responsible for that have been bombed out the side and yeah, probably won't and I, I, think the, I think the Bristol City game was a combination of a lot of things coming to a head yeah. and some in town's control and some out of town's control that the Bristol City game was the game where the injuries just blew apart, I think, all their pre-match preparations and everything else. I think they had to pick a side that they knew was going to struggle, yeah. which is always difficult going in. And, yeah, there were, you know, you look at Congolo, he did not cover himself in glory at the uh, at the Preston game or the Bristol game. No, he got murdered, as Cowley said, yeah, against Bristol. Yeah, 40-minute yeah, cameo, yeah, subbed on, we, subbed we, off. We've already had a bit of a rant about this as you know last yeah week, so. Uh, so that first 45 minutes against Leeds was planets away yeah. from from the Bristol performance and that's that's the pleasing thing is like you're seeing that town now have that resilience that they can go and get battered like that have a really bad mm. day at the office and then come back and actually put in a performance that was more like the games that they yeah. had before that and then obviously they carried that into the, the Charlton game as well yeah. where I thought actually the the pattern was quite similar. It's something I sort of banged on about in the, the five conclusions and we'll be talking about again yeah. in the, the preview for the Wigan game as well. But you look at the number of shots that Town had. I think they had 14 shots in the first 68 mm. minutes and then didn't have any until Daly's yeah. uh, goal in injury time. And Charlton had one shot in the first 65 minutes or so yeah. and then had sort of five in the last sort mm. of 20-odd minutes. So I think... We're still seeing some of those fitness issues that they had at the start of the yeah, season. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, it was a really... Uh, the, the work, it wasn't a great game. The quality was not yeah. brilliant it from was, either it side. Was, it was the ultimate bottom half of the yeah. championship Tuesday yeah. night game, wasn't it? Yeah. And Charlton started like a rocket, but they've dropped off. Um, they attack you in a certain way Charlton and if you can cope with that you should get a clean sheet you know a decent side gets a clean sheet and the 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 thing about the Charlton performance I'd say functional yeah you know they were there to do a job <laughs> and they've got a similar injury list to town as well yeah. in fairness to them they've got 10 or 11 players yeah. missing I just I think town went there to do a job they did a job and they came home it wasn't the greatest but it wasn't when they went to Brentford, that performance was a, a real measured, controlled performance, whereas this one was a much more, this is all we can do because this is the personnel we've yeah. got, so this is literally the only way we can play this. And 
the town were, were good for the three points in yeah, my humble opinion agreed um, and the the big bonus out of that game is daily scoring that goal yeah that's your, your massive Brucey bonus there isn't it like, yeah an 18 year old first senior goal what was that his fifth appearance for the club I think yeah and I think that the just going back to the Leeds game briefly I think town fans need to understand that Daly and Harrick getting on the pitch um, and young players getting on the bench these aren't token gestures from Cowley this is the way things have to be right now and probably even with a, a couple of additions in January probably even for the rest of the season and it's only going to leave him in a better position for next season because those players have that little bit of experience but if you've got a young player who comes in with the right attitude and just wants to learn and he puts in a couple of 5 out of 10 performances you just have to take that on the chin and accept yeah. that because they're learning and they're young and I mean the one thing about Matty Daly that I would say and we know the Cowleys from their conversations about Reese Brown and Caroma they're big on physicality I mean Matty yeah. Daly looks like he's got to run around in the rain to get wet doesn't he <laughs> um, so he'll have to bulk up a bit you know he'll have to uh, he'll have to get used to being knocked off the ball etc yeah. but they they're I think, although he is quite good at, as someone's pointed out to us, he's good at riding tackles. Yeah, he, he, he makes up for his his sort of slight frame by. Yeah, by but at, at some point he's going to start a game, and some six foot four, thirty yeah. year old championship experience midfielder is going to wipe him out in the first five minutes, and he's then got to react to that. Yeah, um, you know, in in the right way. That's something that that season at Bradford has done O'Brien just yeah. like the world of good, yeah. like you wouldn't believe. So I, I think that I think there's lots of positives, but I think that for Town at the moment, the the sort of performances are all almost less. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's about just trying to get a result yeah, through they, to January. Exactly, they just need to claw their way through. I mean, I think. You mentioned it's not just a token gesture, and I think you can see that in the four players that they brought back mm. from their loans. That you know they brought back uh, D'Amico Dehaney, Romani Edmonds Green, Ben Jackson, uh, and Scott High, all from yeah. their loans. And they were very. Danny Cowley was very apologetic to to the four mm. to the clubs involved in that, that they've brought them back from. But they've specifically brought back a right back, a centre back, a left, left back, back, and a defensive, defensive midfielder. midfielder yeah. And it's so that he's got even if they're limited players, he's got square pegs at least four square yeah. holes and like I, I completely understand that but everybody on this podca- podcast is sick of me talking about Edmunds Green <laughs> so you talk about how he did at Charlton yeah he did really well he, he filled in at right back as yeah. kind of not quite last minute but D'Amico Dehaney was the player who was meant to start that game they had, mm. they had uh, done trained for Dehaney to keep his place in the Leeds game where he to be fair Dehaney did well yeah. Uh, at right back but he, he, he got a stomach bug on, on Tuesday afternoon and they sent him home so Edmunds Green had to had to come into the side Danny Simpson ended up on the bench which they said they hadn't intended to do Yeah. Um, but because of the situation with Dehaney he had to sort of come into the squad he came on for 15 minutes at, at left back later on Yeah. Um, but Dehaney did really well I mean Credit as well to Christopher Schindler and John Stankovic who coached him through that game because yeah. he was playing an unfamiliar position. Mm. As Cowley said, he's made the. St- I mean, he was playing for Brighouse Town yeah. last season. Who were uh, he said step five and Brighouse Town on Twitter were quite quick to correct him and say yeah. that they're step four. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what ninth tier. Yeah. So to go from that to playing in the in the Championship and out of position and doing well. Uh, speaks volumes of, of the potential that he has and, and possibly the ability he has to to get into this side. The, the unfortunate thing for him is that Jan Stankovic is, is, as we've mentioned, playing brilliantly at yeah. the moment. Well, but he'll get his chance. The, yeah. the thing He's is, still only 20. I used to... Like, I'm going to bore everyone again here by talking about the Mario Edmonds screen, but I um, used to run a website called Inbeva Maradona as you know Steve yeah. and our big thing for we did it for five or six years was we had a list of the 100 best uh, footballers under the age of 21 in the world and what we did was we put the list out and then between the four of us we had 25 each and we watched them over the year so we produced a new list at the end and we produced a report on every player for our, from our last list and what you learn watching young footballers is like every young footballer who gets into a professional side is good mm. 
nobody nobody does it by accident potentially Jordan Ayew but that's the, that's another story um, the ones who are different or just you think yeah there's a proper player there it's where you see the sort of the level of intelligence more than what they do with the ball at their feet mm. and every time I see Edmonds Green he makes the right decisions now Physically, he's got a way to go, and on the ball, he's got a way to go. But if your starting point as a footballer is that you make the right decisions, mm. trust me, that is a very, very good starting point because there's a lot of players who don't, and that's something they have to learn. Frank Lampard, one of the best midfielders England's ever produced, would tell you himself that was one of the things he had to learn and worked really, really hard yeah, on. Yeah, I remember a couple, couple of, his first couple of years at Chelsea. Yeah. They were still a bit unsure as to whether he was going to yeah. be to and their level. So I, every time I've seen Emma Greens, I just think there's a little bit of something extra there. There's, there's a player who longer term, uh, yeah, he, he, he's a proper prospect. The other one I just want to mention is Scott High, mm. um, who I think is a, a lot of people have talked a lot about and I think he's another one who there's genuinely a player there. And I think he will he will be trusted to get a few minutes yeah. over the course of the next probably month, two months. I don't think he's been brought back just with an eye on covering in the development squad just in case. Yeah, because you know? he was at Concord and he was doing really mm. well. Like he'd... He was man of the match in his debut at Concord yeah. and then I think man of the match in his second game as well. Yeah, got an assist as well. Yeah, he's been doing really well, mm. really, really well. Um so I think there's I think there's another player there. I don't know anything about Ben Jackson. Yeah, he's a left back. He was he was on the pre-season tour in Austria, which I think uh, may have been partly because obviously they didn't really have many left backs, mm. and I think they might have taken him with a view to well, if Congolo goes down yeah. injured or someone else goes down injured and Congolo's needed at centre back, yeah. then we'll need another left back to to rotate with Jaden Brown his attitude is really really good and when you see interviews with Ben Jackson he's, he's another one from Stockport I think right. um, certainly and a, yeah he, he is he's from Stockport and he was on loan at Stockport as well and he's a, when you see interviews with him he's a really mature young lad they, yeah. they've they've and Cowley's spoken about this as well they're developing players who are not just good footballers but they've actually got a group of young players who yeah. have their head screwed on he's, he's similar to like Lewis O'Brien if you yeah. hear him talk just, yeah. uh, just a good good lad yeah I, I think my impression of the Cowleys is that they they value having you know 11 slightly above average footballers giving their all yeah definitely and trying to get a little bit more from them than having six world class players in their team, you know they want they want the effort, they want the, the the sort of determination, and I think it's town haven't produced young players for a long time of no. of a decent quality, and we know there was the collapse of the academy and various other things. This is town's future. This is what they have to do. You know, each season they need really at least two academy prospects to be getting minutes in the side yep. not not starting every week yeah. but they need two academy prospects that they graduate that they trust in certain situations so I think you have to say I know they got a lot of criticism for it at the time that they restructured the academy mm. and they got rid of basically anything below the EDT or yeah. the under 17s I should say sorry every, they got rid of anything below under 17 but the reason they did that was because they felt, well, the only player that we've brought through is Philip Billing. Mm. And he's a player that we signed when he was 16 because he yeah. went under the radar with other clubs and he was available and we picked him up and turned him into a success. Mm. And they intentionally decided, well, let's, there must be a, you know, dozens of Phil Billings yeah. out there. Let's concentrate all our efforts on finding those players. I mean, that's where Keen Harris come from. Yeah. He was released by Barnsley. And has come in and scored thirty-two yeah. goals last season. The thing it's is, where they, it's where Matty Daly came from, from from Everton, and Tomiko Dehaney from Man yeah. City, James and that's Brown exactly what they need to do. You know, that like to have a successful academy system, there's clubs that do it through. You know, you look at Man City and they can afford to do it, but they do it by just taking every kid they possibly can on, mm. and hoping out of those 150 kids that there may be. 
15 who they deem good enough to go into a development squad and out of them two that might you know longer term mm. they might be able to do something with town can't do that <laughs> they have to be more targeted and to run a successful academy is i can tell you is an incredible amount of hard work mm. in a football club and i th- i think you know as i said this is the future this is what town have to do and they can't go and and get a Phil Foden you know because the catchment area they're in they have big sides who can frankly offer more money um, which is you know ultimately what these things come down to because footballers are only human beings at the end of the day so they have to do this and they have to find the gems but what they have to do is when they've got a player who's got a chance they've got to give him a chance because you know otherwise what are you doing it for just to lose them to somebody else without getting any benefit from them so I I suspect you know most benches for the next couple of months as a minimum you're going to have at least one or two Harrods, Daly's, Jackson you know etc is on there and I expect them to get on the pitch as well I think that you know I think they will and I, I don't think it's any bad thing I'm not saying this season is a write-off, but you know I've championed all along that town should be good enough to finish lower mid-table, and I still believe that. And certainly with the Cowleys in place, so you've almost got to treat certain aspects of the season as a free hit. You've almost got to say, right, we're not, you know, we're not going for the title. Yeah. We're not going to get back in the Premier League. This is so. This season, this is what we're going to do. And and if you give opportunities, I mean, we've seen already with Lewis O'Brien and Jaden Brown. Yeah, I don't so. think anyone expected them to be regulars. You speak to Lewis O'Brien and he says he didn't expect to be starting games as soon as he did. But the fact is he, he went on the pre-season tour and did incre- he was the best player out there in Austria. Mm. And that got him the opportunity to, to come in and, and start games yeah. and, and he took it. Um, the other thing that they're doing really cleverly at the academy, they look for reasons why play what what are the reasons that these players have been let go by yeah. their academies so it's things like there is a lot of listeners will be aware there's a bias in sport towards players who are at the start of the toward, yeah. born towards the start of the academic year so mm. if you're born sort of september october november you're more physically developed yeah. you're more likely to uh to be to, to therefore be good at sport because you have a physical advantage yeah you're therefore more likely to be picked for mm. things and get opportunities and etc etc and it all just snowballs into if you're born in September you've got a much better chance of making it <laughs> yeah. than a player who's born in August Keen Harris had June birthday and yeah. and part of the re- and so they they change specifically look for those players mm. and they also change their cut off dates for the age range every couple of years so that they're always looking at players who are sort of they're not always looking at players that are born in September, October. They're looking at mm-hmm. younger uh, at players who might be a bit younger in their year. The other thing is um, uh, height as well, which a lot of footballers get released. I mean, Kevin Keegan's the most famous yeah. one. Was told he was too short to be a footballer. Uh, they will specifically look at players who have maybe been written off because because yeah. they're too short, knowing that at sixteen, seventeen, there's a good chance you might have a growth spurt and get. You know, yeah. I somebody I somebody I know. Um, his um, son has been at Sheffield United's development squad in uh, Dewsbury, playing in Dewsbury. He's had a few games for the main uh, youth squad, and he's just been released for exactly that reason, which is basically in winter there's nought to him. Yeah, and he sits there on the wing, shivering away. The thing is, he's a proper footballer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's a proper footballer. So these are the like. You know, th- these are the things that the differences that town have to find. They're, yeah. the, they're the things that the little competitive edges that they've got to find. Not every one you try to graduate from the academy, it's important to say, is going to make it. No. But you have to try. Yeah. <laughs> That's the difference. You have to try. And I think the Cowleys are very big on attitude and, mm. you know, mental performance, etc. Town have got a good crop of young players. Good, good crop of young players, and fans shouldn't be worried about seeing them playing or worried about seeing a name on the bench. They don't know. There needs to be a little bit of trust. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just to go back to both these games just slightly before we go on to sort of what they've got coming up. I I think you've seen a little bit of a microcosm of 
where they are right now, which is a really good 45 minutes against the side they can't beat, and then a properly functional performance that doesn't, it's not roller coasters and fireworks, but it does a job. And the job there was not to lose. To get the win was yeah. brilliant, absolutely brilliant, but the primary job there is not to lose. Town fans are going to have to put up with a little bit of that yeah. for the foreseeable, you know? Final thing I would just say is that when we were going into the Brentford game, we looked at it, those seven games, and I know that Chart were higher in the table then, but we looked at the seven games Town had just played and we said, mm. if they get a point per game here, yeah. that'll keep them competitive. And you know, and yeah. they've got eight points from those seven games. Yeah. It, it feels, I think it doesn't feel so much like an achievement, one, because of the nature of that Bristol loss. Yeah. And also because by the time they played Chart and Charlton had dropped significantly yeah. so it felt like well that was a game they should have won but the uh, I, uh, that Bristol game like, and I know we've already been back to it once but sometimes for things to get better they have to come to a head Yeah, and you feel like as good as Towns run was uh, we've even spoke about it on the podcast the ma- Towns main difference in their really good run up until that point was that they were just finishing chances yeah. that they were getting under Jan but not finishing Yeah, so they just there was a bit of fine tuning there. Simpson made a huge difference, but it wasn't like leaps and bounds progress. So I almost feel like that defeat against Preston, actually, in a funny sort of way, as painful as it is, actually served them better because it's made, as we'll get on to later, it's clearly made the Cowley's mind up about a couple of things, which yeah. is a good thing. It's forced them into a position where they're looking at other options. I don't think that's any bad thing. And it's forced them tactically to go back to basics a little bit as well yep. because we talked a lot about their variations and their constant adjustments and even during the game we've seen them both on the sideline making adjustments. Sometimes you've got to go, do you know what, this is how I've this this is the only way this team can play. Yeah. And that might we'll go we'll go on to this run now, that might actually help. Yeah, so they're starting with Wigan on Saturday. Uh, worth mentioning, Wigan got a really good result against West Brom on Wednesday night in a game that, by all accounts, they really should have won. Yeah. Which is quite an achievement. But that, that can happen midweek in the Championship. Yeah. That is this league in a yeah, nutshell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they start with Wigan, who are 23rd. Then the following Saturday, they're at home to Nottingham Forest. Tough game, they're fifth. Mm. Then Boxing Day, they're away to Middlesbrough, who are 20th, another team below them in the table. Someday the 29th of December, they're at home to Blackburn, who are 10th, which is, you know, they're, they're beatable. I mm. think we saw yeah. it in the park. Oh, yeah. New Year's Day, they're at home to Stoke, another team below them. They're currently mm. 22nd. The FA Cup, then away to Southampton. And then the following week, it's away to Barnsley, who are bottom. So of the five teams that are below them in the table at the moment, Town are playing four of them mm. in within the next month. You, the, the six league games there, and they've got to get 10 points, haven't they, really? Yeah, I would possibly even say 13. Mm. Uh, if you're if you're setting a target, I, if you're setting you if you're setting the target, you'd yeah. say thirteen. Ten is probably the minimum acceptable. If they had, they didn't have the injuries that they have. Yeah, I'd say yeah, I'd be absolutely there with you. But I think if they got ten points out of that, I think if it's ten points and they don't lose to any of the teams that are below them, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what they need. It's better for them to beat, uh, say, Middlesbrough than it is for mm. them to beat Forest. Yeah, strangely. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'd agree. I think Middlesbrough's the banana skin there because I, I, they're a funny side, bro. They should not be in twentieth. You know, they're Can't not brilliant. Goals, though, can they? No, they're not brilliant. But a little bit like Town, I feel like at some point Borough are going to beat somebody three or four, uh, quite comfortable because they are not a twentieth in the Championship side. You know, <laughs> so that one worries me slightly. But Wigan away, I think Town are capable of doing what they did charting away really which is just putting together a 90 minutes that does enough for the win Forest at home like you say is a tough game but Forest are a funny side yeah they've lost some weird games we, we've talked before about probably other than West Brom and Leeds it's a pretty average division mm. this year like everyone sort of down from third down to about 20th probably. yeah 
much of a muchness, to be honest. Well, this is it. Forest, I would argue, are only in fifth because their first team squad has got about 400 people in it. <laughs> when you've got to get Google Earth to do your first team photo, <laughs> you've got a decent advantage in this yeah. uh, league. And uh, they've lost some weird games. So uh, they're beatable, but you'd probably look at that particularly after the nature of the Leeds performance, I'd say, do you know what, point wouldn't be bad there. Yeah, yeah. But Borough away, bit of a banana skin, but I think you've got to go for it. I think you just try and produce another Brentford-Charlton performance. Yeah. Blackburn at home, like you say, they're in 10th, and I don't think they're a 10th in the Championship side no. from the times I've seen them. I think that is a re- perhaps a reflection of where this league is at the moment, because they're not brilliant. They've got two very good, as they found out to their disadvantage. They've got two very good players who everything goes through, which is Dak and Holtby. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I think other than that, they're not much cop. And there's a lot of people looking at Dak. Yeah. So you, you look at that game on Sunday the 29th and you think, hopefully his head and his heart might not be in it. You, you don't know. You never know. Yeah. Um, Southampton, uh, Stoke at home, sorry, winnable. Yeah. Very winnable. Southampton away is just a roll of the dice, a free hit. Yeah. And then Barnsley away, that's one of those away games ringed in red in your calendar that you have to target for three points. You know, yeah. three points away from gold at home is gold dust against anyone. Yeah. But you really have to look at that and think, yeah, that's a game. We, we if we if we're serious about making progress. So after they've run their bead on in a funny sort of way, this will be a far better measure of where they are than the run they went on when the Cowleys were Definitely. first there. So we'll we'll see. It's just the injuries. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the injuries. That that back four is was doing so well and was covering a multitude of sins. Let's be honest. Yeah. With the way they were playing, that they need to get Simpson, Schindler, and Stankovic or Edmonds Green in there. You know they that It'll that this again Stankovic. Yeah. Just uh, to it, shout out again. He's been brilliant. But then it's that left back position. Yeah. I, I floated all right. On yeah. Tuesday, actually. Well, the thing is, he's not used to playing on that side, yeah. so naturally he won't bomb forward to yeah. the same degree because he he positionally naturally he's not as confident in where he is on the pitch. Mm. So I'm not. I'm, I'm wondering if they might because they he played Danny Simpson at left back against uh, against Charlton when he came on, and I, I do wonder if he might go with Simpson at left back and Dehaney. Right back. I yeah, think that's probably a more. Dehaney was was good against Leeds. I think that's a more stable back four than Simpson at yeah. right back and Flo at left back. And then you know Chalabar's back. Yeah, O'Brien is is going to be back, isn't O'Brien he? O'Brien and yeah. So Cowley in the press conference on Thursday afternoon said Cowley and and uh, sorry said mm. Campbell and O'Brien are basically in a race mm. to see who's fit first. Yeah, and hopefully that'll be that'll be Saturday. But they're but, due back at the same time. Jaden Brownie reckons it's probably a week, ten days. Yeah, so, back so that's around Christmas, and that the, the thing is, he's a young player and he's had a, a nasty injury, so yeah. you don't want to rush him back in. But by the time you get to Barnsley away, yeah. I hope Jaden Brown is back in that side and playing as he was before because yeah. he was doing really, really well. But just going back to that discussion about the academy one, that's the other thing Town have got to do. Someone like Fraser Campbell slipped through their system yeah. completely, you know, and that they're the they're the players they have to find, but. Yeah, I think I think ten points depending on the injuries and it's a funny time of year and the games come so fast and all that sort of thing. I think if if I knew who they were gonna buy in January as well, yeah. who might be there for that Barnsley game, that makes a difference as well. Yeah. So have you seen much of Wickham this season? Yeah, I've I have seen a little bit. I've done them twice as well. So what can we expect from from Wigan on? They again similar to Charlton, they attack you in a certain way. Um and if if Town are going to find it's basically sort of press through the middle and then go wide the minute there's any sort of space and mm. try and pick someone out in the box. I think the way Stankovic and Schindler are playing at the moment, they should be able to cope with that fairly easily. So I don't think they've got loads that can hurt you they, they struggle from open play I think yeah. they've got fewer goals from open play than anyone else in the championship yeah they, and that's that's the other thing I'm going to say they, they're they very focused on getting it wide and get crosses in or set pieces they score a lot from set pieces yeah um, Che Dunkley has won more balls in the opposition box 
than and taken more shots than any player in the championship this yeah. season. Yeah, and that's that's where a slight level of worry comes in. But it's not. You can see the work Town are doing on set pieces. They're not there yet. Conceded another one against Leeds, but. I, I honestly, Wigan haven't got you know really like high class players who can volley a ball in from twenty five yards or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I think as long as Town learn their patterns and mark properly, they should be all right. There's a clean sheet there. But the only thing about Wigan is, at their particularly at home, they can do what a Town have done to other sides. They try and drag you down to their level, make it a bit of a dogfight, make it difficult, um, defending numbers particularly. And with Town's creativity issues, you think, well, it's more about can Town break them down? Can Town find a goal from somewhere? Gut feeling on it is that any away game in the Championship, a point is okay. But I I think Town should win it. I I think they should win it. I think they should. And... Whether they will or not completely comes down to that first goal. Yeah. Town is such a first goal side. And yeah. what I mean by that is it's so important they get the first goal. Yeah. So important. Or everything in every area of the pitch just becomes a struggle. Yeah. So we'll see. But I certainly I don't think it's sort of ringed in the same way that Barnsley were, even though we're gonna twenty third. But I th- you know, if you're serious, these are the games you have to Yeah. You have to win, don't you? So, yeah. the one thing I will say to you is cracking pie. <laughs> yeah, of course, Wigan known for its pies. Yeah, so, lovely. And uh, of course, a reunion with 2011's Gary Roberts and uh, Anthony Pilkington. Yeah, who were both yeah. in that. Unbelievable that Gary Roberts is still playing. Yeah, I actually saw his name on. The, I, I knew he was still playing because we put the team of the decade together, and both of them were in it. And so I knew that Roberts was still playing, but even still. When I was looking at Wigan's recent form and looking at their team, it's like, oh, they've got a Gary Roberts, and then yeah. clicked on his name. It's like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, it is that yeah. Gary Roberts. Uh, the last, um, the last time I did a Wigan game, you'll find it's a little bit of a rabbit warren getting to the press room, and you sort of have to go mm. round the changing rooms. It there's a you can walk straight through to the press room, but you can't because the players there. So you have to go all round the sun to get to the moon. And there was no security guard there, so I thought I'd walk clean through. And I walked into what I thought was the press room, and it was the away dressing room. And a fitness coach just stood there looking at me in his shorts and his sliders. And I have to say, I'm very sorry, very sorry about that. I'll just, uh, I'll just walk away slowly. Last time I was at Wigan, they were, it was, I think they'd just been relegated to League One, and they didn't have any pies. And I was absolutely staggered. No pies in the press room at Wigan which is unbelievable. And I went to make a cup of tea and one of the local press said, I wouldn't have them. They've been there since Roberto Martinez's manager. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, nice. lovely. So I believe things are, are a bit better. Uh, we At Charlton, the local press lads were hugely impressed because since the takeover, i.e. like the week before, yeah. they'd reintroduced pies at the Valley. They'd had no food <laughs> before that, just biscuits. So we had a, a lovely uh, lovely chicken and, uh, and gammon pie. It was lovely. Yeah. Little window into journalist's mind here. Get any two football journalists together, and the only thing they'll talk about is the food at the grounds. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Town have made a new appointment, which is Neil Hart, the new chief exec. He's coming in from Burnley in the community. He's not going to start until March. When uh, Julian Winter will have uh, will have left the club, having handed in his notice, he's, he's on a long notice period. Is is Julian Winter? Have you had a chance to have a look at, at what we might expect from Neil Hart? Yeah, a little bit. I I think what you're getting is somebody who's very solid, um, is very keen on uh, making decisions with a like a proper basis. You know, not. <laughs> not rushing into financial decisions and splurging money on stuff that there's not any direct benefit from, which is what town needs. He's not, uh, you know, he's not. I don't think he's particularly showy from what Burnley fans were telling me. Um, just sort of quietly gets on with his job. I don't think he's going to do the Sean Jarvis public face thing, um, and it just appears on the surface just to be a fairly solid role. We were talking before the podcast and we were both saying 
CEO is position really in a football club that you want somebody to fill it and then never hear from them. Yeah. So if you never hear from them, they're doing the job, aren't they? Yeah. And I think the problem with Julian Winter is I don't think it was going that way. <laughs> I think people were hearing a little bit too much from him. Um, so I, he's he's coming. I I've done a lot of Burnley games. I did a hell of a lot last season, um, and it's a really solid football club. Nice environment, mm-hmm. good staff. You've done games there yourself. Yeah, it's, I love it's, going to Turf Moor. Yeah, it's it's a lovely ground, but it's enhanced by the fact that you can you can just feel when a football club is run right. If yeah. you know what I mean, you, the, the nuts and bolts are in place, and Burnley is is very much that that sort of setup. And yeah, I I think you'll be I think you'll be fine. You know, it's it's. Like I said, the best thing that could happen is that you don't hear anything from six for six months. Yeah, <laughs> I would say you said nuts and bolts are right. There was a door into the press room at Burnley that used to wail like a banshee every time anyone opened it. So hopefully someone's taken some WD forty to that recently. My my Burnley story is last year. I can't remember what game it was I was doing. Possibly, possibly Watford, who absolutely spanked them, or Spurs, or. Can't remember anyway, but we're all in the press room after, just sat there, um, and completely out of the blue, Timmy Mallet walked in. <laughs> and not only that, when Sean Dice came in for his press conference, Timmy Mallet started asking the questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, did he have his mallet with him? Was he, he didn't, doing? No, Mallet's mallet wasn't there. <sighs> I would have had a photo of Mallet's mallet was there. No weird glasses either. Just standard bloke at a football game. All a bit disappointing. Why was he there? I don't know, visiting Michaela Strachan, I don't know. <laughs> Whack-a-day reunion. Yeah. No, I, I, think he's a, I think he's a Burnley fan. Right, OK. I think he's a Burnley fan. I don't think he lives in the area, but... Who knew? Well, yeah, but it was one of those moments... Did, did Sean Josh go, are you Timmy Mallet? No, he said, all right, Timmy. <laughs> all right, Timmy. Most so, obviously, he must, he must, you know, must be there a bit, I'm guessing. But, yeah, hello, Timmy Mallet. You all right? <laughs> Very odd. Mike Myers was on Wide Awake Club. Was he? Yeah. I never very, knew that. A very young Mike Myers, yeah. He was living in the UK at the time. He did a segment on it called The Fast Asleep Club. I, you can find it on YouTube. I, That's Mike Myers, the comedian, not the not the, the slasher villain. <laughs> I uh, was the absolute master at whatever time it was on. I'd wake up five minutes before Transformers started. <laughs> Didn't matter if they moved it five minutes before Transformers. I was I was in place. I was there, and they used to cut it into two sections. So you'd have like ten minutes of Transformers here, and then ten minutes of Transformers later on. God, I love Transformers. <laughs> anyway, Huddersfield Town. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the January transfer window coming up. Mm. That opens in January, I believe. That would figure. Yeah, and closes at, uh, I think it's the end of January. So, we've got five, three players that Danny Cowley has basically confirmed. Mm. Uh, are, yeah, notice the Freudian slip there. We've got three players that Danny Cowley has basically confirmed are available for transfer, which are Isaac and Benza, Herbert Bockhorn, Reese Brown. I think probably, maybe apart from Brown, there's no major shocks there we've uh, talked about. Yeah, I, th- I think Bockhorn... Bockhorn was signed for a purpose, and that purpose no longer exists. So, well, Gant Seaver still exists. But, uh. he, yeah, he does, but you know, <laughs> yeah. not within this club. And uh, Benzer is just, yeah. just been a disappointment. It's it? been obvious. He made. He came on, came off the bench to carry his first two games. Mm-hmm. He's been in the reserve since then. I, I think I, it was obvious. Yeah, but. I mean, like, I don't know if they listen, but we talked. <laughs> we yeah. talked about his body language, and Cowley answered that question in the press conference. Uh, but he's just the thing. The frustrating thing about Mbenzi is every so often there's a flash of something, yeah. and you think there is a footballer there. But sometimes it, it, a, a player is just at the wrong club to bring it out. And at the moment, Huddersfield Town don't need a player who one game in four is going to be a ten out of ten. They need a player who's you know three games out of four is going to be a seven out of ten. Yeah, exactly. The, the other two that we asked about at the press conference, and we, we've been pressing uh, poor Daddy Cowley on this for mm. some time, is Terence Congolo and Adama Diakabi, who both played against Bristol City. Congolo started 
at centre back was then shifted out to left back. Yeah. Diakabi came on after five minutes replacing Fraser Campbell and then was taken off again mm. at, uh, at half time, having basically done nothing to prevent Bristol City from sending every attack up his side, up the right wing. And has subsequently, those two have not featured in the matchday squad. Those two were basically, as we alluded to earlier, the reason I think that Danny Cowley went and got those mm. four players back back from their loans because he would, as you said, rather have, and he's basically said this himself, rather have the players who are going to try hard and have the yeah. right the character that they're looking for than than players who, who perhaps don't. And I, I, the thing is, I don't think with Diakari, I don't think it's a a, a personality issue. I think it. He's just, you know, if you talk about Edmonds Green making the right decisions naturally, Diakabi is a player who often makes the wrong ones yeah. naturally. And unfortunately, the sort of, it's not a pressure cooker environment, but the, the, the reality of where Huddersfield Town are is they need young players who are hungry and eager and desperate to learn. And Diakabi, I think, is he gets a rough ride from a lot of players because when he's good yeah. he's nigh on unplayable yeah. but the problem is he just he does it for five minutes a game yeah and it, it, it's like he needs to almost like it's a horrible phrase but it, it's like he needs to go back to basics just strip everything back yeah. and just start with where shall I pass the ball yeah. <laughs> you know and it, again with Mbenzi you get flashes I think dear Carl we've seen a lot more yeah. Potential. There's a lot more there, and he offers town something different. But you just, you, I think the bottom line with Diakabi is you can't rely on him. No. And town, I've got Kachunga, who, you know, in some games he doesn't offer town a lot more than lots and lots of running and effort and tackling and working back. Carly did acknowledge today he's had ten clear cut chances this season and mm-hmm. he's only scored one of them. So, and that's that needs to change, but. You would, you know, if you're Danny Cowley and your yeah. choice is between Diakabi, who might do something, but he might also cost you a goal, or Kachunga, who is pretty workmanlike, but does his job, sticks to his task, will run up a floodlight if you ask him to. Yeah, uh, you're going to go with Kachunga every time. Yeah, every time. Absolutely. And the problem, is, the other, I think the other side to Mbenza and Diakabi, like we've had a conversation when they were both on the bench, and I said to you. Like suddenly, Town's bench looks really, really strong. Yeah. But then you think about it, and you think, when have they actually come off the bench and changed the game? Dear Cub, uh, he had, a, yeah, I think it's Stoke. He did really well. Um, but that's that's the only one I can so think of one in a like, season and a half. Yeah, I feel like there might have been one other, but I can't recall off the top of my head. But Stoke's and the one that stands out. Even Bakuna came on and, and changed the game. And Cowley has talked about his game changes. He wants game changes. So if you've got a player you can't rely on to start and you can't rely on to change the game from the bench, it's difficult. But Congolo's the one that's worth having a chat about, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's been obvious all season that he's been playing far below his best. Remember that this is a player who once went to a major summer competition with the Netherlands Mm -hmm. instead of Virgil van Dijk. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how highly... Terence Kingala was, was once rated. He's still only 25. He cost town £17.5 million. Pounds, mm-hmm. rec- club record transfer. And to me, he looks like a player who feels like he's too good to play in the championship. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And as a result, has been a player who is not good enough to play in the championship. Yeah. I, even at his very best, I've always had slight reservations about him because... He does things that the crowd love, which is like he'll crunch into a tackle or he'll get off foot on it last ditch. But often he's doing those things because his first touch was really bad or he's let the man get past him. Or And the one thing he's had always is great recovery pace. Mm. And the thing is, this season when you've seen him, he looks like he's tugging an anchor. He, he, he hasn't even got that this yeah. season. So there's one or two rumours about his attitude and what have you, which won't comment on because we don't know yeah. um, but you think in this injury crisis mm. and they still haven't turned to him well they did and then they decided do you know what he got murdered yeah exactly he's we we said it was a worry when he was 
the uh, the third choice left back and fourth choice centre back mm. as your as your club record signing. That is not a good sign. You can understand the club need to be careful about what they say about him. Yeah, and Danny Carley has to temper his criticism because well, they want money for him. Yeah, this is a player <laughs> they want to sell. And Carley was at, at great pains at the press conference to point out, as we've talked about with Diakabian and Benza, these are all good players. Mm. It isn't working out for them at the moment. That doesn't mm. mean they're not good players. And you know, Congolo could easily go and do very well at a club playing in the top flight in probably pretty much any country in Europe. Mm. He could go and do a job and it, do well. It, yeah, it, in a funny sort of way, he's probably better playing at a higher standard of football. Yeah. Not necessarily that he's a brilliant footballer or anything like that, but just because of the way his game is, yeah. he's probably actually better suited rather than the rough and tumble. And I think, like, not to talk about my Tommy again, <laughs> but the thing about Elphick is he has his limits as a defender... Yeah. But the one thing he is up for is some great big six-foot striker throwing his elbows in and everything. Congolan, you never feel like that. Yeah. You never feel like he's up for that side. He, he, yeah, Carly said uh, he wants his players, he'll, he'll put their head in front of a bus. Mm. And then he said it again. Well, he said it in his accent and then he said, or a bus, as yeah. you'd say up here. <laughs> but so. you, look, you look at this list and... It's the same word every time. Congolo, unreliable. Diakabi, unreliable. And Benza, unreliable. Buckhorn is a slightly different case. And Reese Brown, they've obviously looked at and they just don't think it's there, which I'm quite I'm quite surprised about that. Yeah. Again, we can't really speculate about what's happened there. They have talked about him wanting them wanting to raise the physical side of his game. Mm. They said he's got undoubted technical quality. And I think that has since he came through the, the ranks at Birmingham as a 17-year-old, that's been the criticism of, yeah. of Reese Brown. And not, I'm not for a second saying that this has, has happened again at town, but the reason that he ended up getting sold, sorry, released by Birmingham, having been suspended, was he refused to go to the gym, basically. Mm. So I mean, he was cited, but he went to Birmingham playing under Zola, and Zola was like yeah. effusive about him. And, and I yeah. saw him quite a lot at Forest Green, for one reason or another. And... He was, he, you know, he was a class above. There yeah. were a couple of games where he looked every inch a Premier League player, to be frank. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm quite surprised, but you, you have to, you have to trust the Cowleys. Yeah. You've already seen enough in this yeah, short space exactly. of time to know that that if you're going to have the Cowleys at the club, the very best thing you can do is just hitch every wagon to them. Yeah. And it was interesting watching that mic'd up how how detail orientated they are and how they want each game to have a plan and they not only want to have a plan for each game but if that plan goes out the window they want to back up and they want to work certain scenarios so the problem that all the players on this list have got is I'll come back to Kachunga again I I think all of these players apart from Bokon are better than Kachunga but Kachunga sticks to his task and yeah. he does his job properly. And he's played right wing on a midfield yeah. four. He's played... Right on a front three. Yeah, exactly. He's played as a number 10 at times. Yeah, he's played right on a 4-2-3-1. So you think... you know, he's played when, left when we were well. doing that, When we were doing that squad analysis a, a few pods ago and Kachunga's contract's coming up and you, we were both sitting here saying, he's, well... Would you? Would you? And we, were, we yeah, were both basically saying, just get what you can out and season and go. Now you look at it and you think... I, I disagreed with you at yeah. the time. I, I, we were split on this because I mm. said, just trigger the year, you can always sign yeah. next January. But you look at it now and you think, he's a manager's player. I if, think he's a really, for next season, not sorry to interrupt you, but I think for next season he's a really good squad player. Even if he's mm. not starting, if you're 2-0 up and you want to see out a game, yeah. throw Kajunga on. Get him in and he'll close that side down yeah. with a good good fullback behind him. Yeah, so... Yeah, I... It, None of these names surprise me. I, I'm slightly you, brown, maybe. Yeah, it, but you've got to look at the brown thing and think again. Injury crisis. Didn't have Pritchard. Desperate yeah. for number ten. Desperate for creativity. Never looked at him once. No. Clearly, they they just haven't seen it. Worth a brief chat about Mounier because suddenly, is he back in the picture? <laughs> to be honest, we we hear rumours sort of. I hear rumours here and there. You know, we have our sources as journalists, etc. 
and we have heard rumours about oh this player's got a bad attitude or mm. whatever often turns out to be correct some of the players that, that we've heard mentioned Mounier's name has never come up in those conversations mm. Cowley has never been anything but but has had nothing but praise for Mounier says he's mm. very professional working very hard it's just that they felt like they have you have to play a certain way for Steve Mounier and one they didn't have the players to do it and two it would have been plan B and they, they still had to get plan yeah. A right he has started the last couple of games and he's done pretty well actually playing alongside <laughs> Carlin Grant playing alongside Carlin Grant he's done reasonably well however I would if someone came in with a, with an offer for him yeah there was several millions he he will the thing is he will be I, I would imagine I don't know but he will be certainly in the top 5% earners wise in that I club I thought so so I don't know either by the way but. I think I think my my slight eyebrow raise is what I said in that when we went through that squad in the podcast which is you know he's pretty expensive luxury to have on the bench really yeah. when you could have somebody else there so I, I don't know about Mooney he was after the Leeds game in the press conference Danny was very keen to say this isn't Mounier's fault the situation yeah. he finds himself in it's just that they don't play to his strengths yeah. and he said that several times and he, you know even in that Leeds game you, you could maybe start to see a pattern where he could play but the problem is when everybody's fit yeah, he suddenly he feels figure. a long long way from that side again so yeah. I I sort of think if somebody did come in in January, whether they will or not, I don't know. But yeah. you you do think if somebody came in with a couple of million quid, even or even a decent loan deal, take his wages on, you do wonder, don't you? Yeah, I mean we we can't at this stage talk about who might come in in January. They've talked about wanting to get the ex, the other three Premier League mm-hmm. loans in. Uh, Cowley has confirmed he wants a left back and a winger, so we'll we'll see. We'll They're des- desperate for a winger. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, another thing, just to throw this out there, and we won't dwell on this too much, but I do wonder whether the business they do in January might depend on Brighton's approach to Aaron Moy. Mm. Whether they feel like they've seen enough to say, okay, yes, we, we want to buy this lad. Here's 20-something million. Well, I can tell you he we'll was... We'll buy him at the was... end of the season. He was man of the match against Arsenal. Yeah. He was brilliant. He was brilliant against Wolves. Uh, I know for a fact he's a really popular member of the squad. Yeah, uh, he's very very happy there. I think it, you know, like I'm saying this as a Brighton fan. I I would sign him. I've seen enough, but it's, it's quite a lot. Of, it's quite a lot of money for you know a player who's what he's 29 now. Is he 29? I think so, something like that. He also, they don't have to make that decision in January. No, you see, that's the thing. That's the main thing. I, I don't think they but, will pull the trigger in January. I, I mean, I'm, I may be, I may be wrong, and if they do, I think it will be we're going to keep him on loan till the end of the season. But we've agreed to yeah, buy him. But I think that home. would be enough that Town could then go and say, okay. Well, we've got a bit more money to spend in January. The then. problem is with January is it is a horrible market. Yeah, it There's is. very little value, and the thing is, town going and smunking eight million quid on a couple of players. What you have to understand is that eight million quid is you probably paying it for four million quid's worth of players because yeah. it's just how polluted the January market is. So I, you know, the more they talk about loans, personally, you know, as as an analyst, I sit there and go. There's holes to plug in this squad, but yeah, because in summer you've got free agents, you can have a proper look at players from the lower leagues and actually get them for the right price. Mm. You've got clubs in the Premier League who are ditching one or two who you can look at trying to pick up on the cheap. It's Jan- They have to do business in January, Tal. They've yeah. been forced into that position, but it's... it's the, the <laughs> Those three could be enough. Those three... This is, those well, this is it. Those goal, those it's goals. weird to say it, but they desperately have to do business in January. But the the smaller amount of business they do, the better. Yeah, they literally just want to go right, da da da, done. Because as I said, I, you know, like 
There's players who go in January who are clearly like three, four million pound players, and they go for twelve million quid yeah. just because it's January and it's the middle of the season. And mm-hmm. Town can't afford, after the way their recruitment has been for the last eighteen months, to get caught up in that. So it's it's actually quite a tricky mm. time. And I think I think this is where we're going to start to see the measure of David Webb and see mm-hmm. if he can. Because again, what Town need to bring in is an Aaron Moy. You know, yeah. who nobody knew anything about. No, he wasn't on any lists or anything like that. It was a very clever little piece of business to get him in, and you know that's where they need to be, really. Yeah, brilliant. So, hope you enjoyed listening, Dave. You're on Twitter, aren't you, at David Hartrick? I am. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm on Twitter as well. I'm at Stephen Chicken, Stephen with a V. Uh, yeah, tell a friend if you have enjoyed the podcast. If you haven't enjoyed a podcast, then keep it to yourself. Yeah, don't want to know. Yeah. Psst. Right, magic. And we will be with you next time when we will be reviewing that game against Wigan. Bye. <laughs>